you know, what, what you might think is hard is easy. Okay. And because they've done it so many times, you know, that's why I decided to formalize it. Now we're at like 4 billion in assets. But, but again, the point in all that is it's time for the creative real estate podcast, your source for out of the box, real estate investing strategies brought to you by real We are live. I'm here with Rod Cleef. Welcome back to the creative real estate podcast, the one and only creative real estate podcast. Now here's a question that we get all the time. A lot of people think, like what is so different about single family versus multifamily? Am I even able to get into multifamily? Do I need to do a bunch of singles first? So we're going to dive in and figure out what's the difference between single family and multifamily. And nobody's better to have on the show than Rod Cleef because he's owned over 2,000 homes and apartments. So with that said, Rod, how are you today? Good, brother. It's, this is going to be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this because, uh, you know, you're such a great friend and uh, really looking forward to adding value to your listeners and uh, having some fun today. And I agree with you. I, we just saw each other a couple times in, in Florida. We, um, you, I'm in the mastermind with you and I love coming to your boot camps. You'll have another boot camp here in Denver. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be there. I know that's on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. So I'm really looking forward to that here in Denver. Uh, your boot camps are just incredible. You go through everything that it takes to kind of start from scratch and really get into your first apartment building. So I'm looking forward to that. Today, let's talk about single family versus multifamily. So have you really owned over 2,000 homes and apartments? Yeah, no, I, I, I've owned over 2,000 houses in multiple apartment complexes. And so let me give you a little backstory because it'll give you listeners or viewers some, uh, some, some, some pre-frame. So uh, I immigrated to this country when I was six years old uh, with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. We ended up in Denver, Colorado. And how I got into the business was my mom bought the house across the street with her babysitting money. We didn't have much money. I mean, I grew up wearing Goodwill clothes through junior high school and, you know, we ate expired food and drank powdered milk. And so my mom babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And with her babysitting money, when I was 14, she bought the house across the street from us for approximately $30,000. And when uh, I was 17, she told me she made $20,000 in her sleep uh, on that house. I'm like, I'm getting into real estate. I mean, this is freaking exciting. I'm going to be rich in real estate. And I got my real estate broker's license and didn't know what the heck I was doing. And, you know, it really, uh, my first year maybe made $8,000. My second year maybe made around $10,000, $12,000. But my third year, I made well over $100,000. And, um, you know, I, I, as you know, and I think the last time I was on your show, I talked about mindset and, and really that was, that made the difference for me between year two and year three was mindset. But, you know, fast forward to today, like I said, I've owned over 2000 houses in 2016. My net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And so, you know, um, and, and everything I did was buy and hold, okay? I did, well, I shouldn't say it. I've done flipping and wholesaling and all that stuff like a lot of your listeners have as well. But, you know, I owned 500 houses in Denver at one time. Uh, I, I, I can name every street uh, for the, those of you in Denver between Kipling and Havana because they're all alphabetical. I know them all. I, I owned houses on most of them. Uh, I owned apartment complexes in, in uh, Denver, Northeast Denver, uh, in uh, uh, Aurora North, you know, so, so anyway, just, just drop name dropping for you, Denver listeners. But, but, um, so 
I bought 500 houses in Denver, uh, ultimately sold those, which I'm still kicking myself over, but uh, that's, uh, I won't digress. Uh, <laughs> I have to for a second, just because I, I brought it up. If I still own those things, they'd be free and clear, and I'd be netting net about a half a million a month right now. So woulda, coulda, shoulda, shoulda held on to those. I, and that's why I tell people I'm a real estate buyer, not a seller, okay? I buy. But back to my story. So, so I bought a couple of hundred houses in Memphis. I do not recommend Memphis at all. It was a, I call it a seminar. I've had lots of big seminars. That was a seminar. In fact, I just found out at this latest boot camp. I, I went to a one-day event here in Houston this last weekend and uh, um, did a keynote there for them and just found out that Memphis is the highest crime city now in the country. And it oh, used wow. to be like New Orleans and Chicago. And you'd think Chicago is, but it's actually Memphis. But anyway, back to my story. So a couple hundred houses in Memphis. I've owned about 1,300 houses and apartment complexes in, in Denver and in, in, in Florida, actually. And, and I've owned 1,300 houses here in Florida. Back in 2007 and eight, I had 800 houses here. I had several apartment complexes. And I crashed and burned. I had, uh, again, I call them seminars. I don't call them failures. I had a $50 million seminar. Now, and this is all, there's a punchline here. I'm leading up to the single versus multi conversation. So the reason that I crashed and burned was several reasons. Um, but, but the big one is my 800 houses were spread out. They were about two hours one direction and two hours the other direction. So logistically very difficult to manage, but also taxes are very high here because there's no state income tax in Florida. Also, a lot of my properties were along the coast, so a lot of flood insurance, wind insurance, which really in, impacts cash flow. Um, and, and that coupled with the logistics, let me give you a couple of logistical examples. Let's say I have, you know, one of my apartment complexes, if I have an issue with um, something at the, at the, um, uh, at the complex, a maintenance request, you know, we can stock, stockpile parts. So, you know, typically the plumbing's all the same, you know, the, so, so you can, you know, do rebuild faucets very easily. Appliances are typically the same. The HVAC units are typically the same. So it's easy to stockpile parts. Well, you know, so, so, so a maintenance man can go there and typically in an hour or so fix something. Well, if I have to send somebody to a house, and let's say it's an hour away, for example, they have to get there to assess what's wrong. Everything's different. Every house is completely different. Every piece of it's different. Um, so, I mean, even the breakers, you know, you're going to have a different breaker box. I mean, I could go on and on, but everything's different. So, they'd have to go see what was wrong. Then they'd have to go find a Lowe's or a Home Depot or a hardware store and buy parts. And then they'd come back. And then invariably, if you've ever done any make, make ready work, you, you miss something or you fit, you know, you're in the middle of a repair and you need something else. You got to go back. And what takes, you know, an hour at an apartment complex takes all day at a house. And you multiply that times 800. And then you, then you add in the fact that the, the class of houses that I had was C-class. A lot of my tenants were in the construction business or they were in retail. You know, they were in businesses that got devastated in 2008. And so, it was just the perfect storm. So, I, I, I crashed and burned. It was a $50 million seminar. But the, the whole punchline, it was all building up to this, which is throughout that period, my multifamily was cash flowing just fine. It was my singles that pulled me down. And if I hadn't cross-collateralized them, I thought I was brilliant. I cross-collateralized package of houses with the multifamily. I'd still have those apartment complexes. So that's the message. I even wrote a book about this and I'll give it to your listeners for free. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, how to, how to build lifetime cash flow through multifamily properties. But the subtitle is the new rules of real estate investing. New rules being focus on cash flow, not on value. Values out the door. You know, I get students, my coaching students that ask me all the time, you know, I found this deal. It sold for three million five years ago and I can get it for two. And I, and I tell them, it does not matter. Tell, show me the numbers, show me the NOI, show me the cash flow, show me you know, what your returns are gonna be, show me the CapEx, you know, the capital expenditure numbers. All, that's what matters. The cash flow is what matters. And so, you know, that's the message. And, and that, that's why I started my podcast, frankly. I started my podcast for two reasons. One, I hate asking for money. And so I knew I was gonna get back into real estate investing. And I thought, hey, this is an easy platform for that. And it's done all that. I mean, we're raising money on three apartment deals right now, solid deals. Um, and, and it's in, you know, I'm, I'm at 5 million downloads. So I'm in a lot of ears every week uh, with my podcast. And, uh, and so it's done all that. But the other reason was just to share my story. Because, you know, if you're going to buy and hold, for God's sakes, do multifamily, don't do single family. And, and even if it's just a duplex. So if you're a young guy listening to Adam, I know you've got a lot of, you know, guys that are super motivated that listen to you and women as well that are super pumped and motivated and you haven't bought a place yet, for God's sakes, buy a plex instead of a house, okay? As long as, you know, somebody doesn't have the white picket fence dream, then, then do the plex first. Start your investing career because it's very likely you ultimately live there for free, if not right out of the gate or certainly a discount. And it's just a great way to get started, to get over the, the, you know, the mindset hurdle of actually taking action on a deal. So, you know, that, that, no, that was a long answer to the single versus multi question, but I thought the framework was relevant. Yeah, so there's, there's quite a bit different. And you mentioned one of the things that you can do is house hacking. And I love with house hacking, like those fourplexes and being able mm -hmm. to live for free. One of my favorite parts about that is that you could do it with a FHA loan or a VA loan. Like that's just nuts to think that you can get into, um, here in Denver, most of the fourplexes are going to be around 700,000. Yeah. And so like, just to think how much you would actually have to put down if that was your single family residence, it's, it's a couple hundred grand that you'd have to put down. But if you're able to use this VA loan or an FHA loan, then three and a half percent makes it actually affordable. And if you can be there for free, you're going to be, you're very successful. That's no question. It, it, the, that's the beautiful thing. And so anything under four units or under is considered residential multifamily. So you can do FHA financing if it, you know, that's one thing, which is 97% financing. Like you said, you can even have the seller pay closing costs to, to minimize closing costs. And it, it, as if the units are leased, you can use a percentage of those rental amounts towards qualifying. So if you would normally qualify for a $400,000 house, you could qualify for a $700,000 or more fourplex because you can use income from those existing rentals. So it's just just a beautiful thing. And, and like I said, uh, it, it, if you're not living le for less you're, or living for free, you're definitely almost always living for less. And, and it's just a great way to start your, your investing career. And, you, and when you realize you know, that it's, it, it, it's not scary. You know, that first deal is always the hardest deal in real estate. And even in multifamily real estate, the first deal is the hardest, takes the longest, has the most stress around it. But once you, once you have that first deal, it's like dominoes after that. You realize, is that all there was? I can do this. And, and it's like dominoes. So that's residential multifamily. Now, 
the beautiful thing about commercial multifamily. Now, now let me give you let me give you some positives and some negatives to okay. residential, if I may. Okay, so residential again is duplex, triplex, fourplex, two family, three family, four family, depending on where you are in the country, they call it different things. And the advantages are what we just said. The financing is fantastic. With commercial multifamily, you're going to have a balloon. It's called the term of the loan. So you may have an amortization for 30 years, but it's going to have a, a balloon in five to 10 years. With residential, it's fixed for 30 years. Beautiful financing, okay? Low down. Now, the other advantage uh, is, again, you, uh, uh, is, is you can live in it. Uh, you can uh, live for free or live very inexpensively. Now, the disadvantages with residential multifamily are that you can't ramp the value like you can with commercial. With residential multifamily, the value is based on comparable sales, comps. You're in residential real estate, you call them comps, okay? And so, so you know, it depends on what other stuff is sold for. That's how you, you arrive at the value. Now, sure, you can make some improvements and, and have some impact, but it's not exponential. Now, that's the difference between commercial multifamily. So, if you go five units or higher, five units to a thousand units, doesn't matter. The value is based on a multiple of the net income. It's called the net operating income, NOI, is in the, is the nomenclature in this business. So, so it's a multiple of the NOI, and it's, it's, that, it's the cap rate. It's a multiple of the cap rate. You've heard that capitalization rate, okay? And the lower the number, the higher the value. It's, it's a little uh, counterintuitive. But what you do is, you, um, uh, what's so beautiful about commercial multifamily is that any increase to that NOI is an exponential increase to value. And, you know, it just doesn't take that much. Like, for example, a $50, let's say you've got a 25-unit apartment complex, okay? And um, you increase the rents 50 bucks. Instantly, you have just increased the value uh, approximately $250,000, okay, overnight, okay, so $50 is not that much. Let's say you save some money on the expenses or you increase the rents, whatever. It doesn't matter how you impact that net income and it's either, it's one of the two. You either manage better, maybe you bill back utilities is, is one thing that's done a lot or, um, or you just, you know, refurbish the property where you can charge more in rent and like I said, it's an exponential increase in value and and it's just, that's the beautiful thing is you can force appreciation. You know, when in, in, appreciation is the, you know, the value of the property going up. Well, you can force it in commercial multifamily, which is just so freaking exciting. Um, so, let's now let's talk about the difference between single family um, as a long-term play. Now, I, I want to use, I think it's best to do it in that context, if you agree with me, Adam, as far as holding. I mean, okay. flipping, you can flip, flip multifamily too, but I'm, you know, we're not talking flipping or wholesaling. We're talking holding real estate right now, okay? As far as right. part of this, you good with that? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay. So, if you're going to hold real estate, well, I, I mean, I'm a poster child for the, the, the high-level difference as far as holding single-family versus multifamily, but let me give you some, some data. First of all, with a single family, if you're vacant, you're 100% vacant, okay? If you've got a duplex, you're only 50% vacant. You've got a, a triplex, you're only 30% vacant. If you've got a fourplex, you're only 25% vacant. And all of that impacts your ability to cash flow. So that's one thing, okay? The other thing I just mentioned, the logistics of it, every single house is different. So it, the maintenance is absolutely going to cost you more, okay, than it would if, if all the units are the same and... And you can stockpile parts and you can have, now, if you get over 70 doors, 
you can have on-site maintenance staff. So, I mean, there, there's some really, there's some real cost savings there as well. Uh, but, but regardless, multifamily is a safer investment long-term than, um, uh, about uh, long-term than, than single family as evidenced by, by my experience, you know? Um, so, so, uh, uh, Rod, I don't mean to interrupt you. I want to uh, really quickly let you know that the zoom chat is uh, for me to be able to stay in, in con uh, to keep be able to remember what's next, what's going to come up. So you, you don't have to read the Zoom chat. Oh, thank just you. In, just in case you were that, going. That, 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 that distracted that me. I saw you no, have a note I know, there. I know. Like, uh -oh. So you Chris, know, Chris. Did I drop, did I drop no, an F-bomb and not no, realize it? <laughs> Chris Ball, actually, um, he sent in a question. So I'm okay. queuing it up so I can ask you. Um, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, you. Go ahead and ask the question because my brain oh. just fell out on the floor in mush. Let's anyway. start. Let, let's start there. Okay, Chris, you're up. Perfect. Okay, so he has a fast question. A question last week after hearing about how most of the larger multifamily apartments deals were held for three to five years and then sold instead of holding them long term, refinancing and maybe paying off the investors, keeping the apartment complex for yourself or long term. Rod mentioned before. Yep. Only do you only do buy and holds? You're a well, buyer. That's, that's my. Not a that's seller. my. Yeah, that's my vehicle of choice. So let's speak to that for a minute. I, you know, my podcast called Lifetime Cash Flow, meaning cash flow for life. Okay, and the way to have cash flow for life is to hold on to that thing. You know, and and I stole this this line from Albert Barras, who I've had on my show. Was he's owned seventeen thousand apartments, and he he uses this line: "I'm a real estate buyer, not a seller." And I I love that line. Now. So, so the, our model, uh, um, and I forgot the name that asked the question. Chris. Chris. Um, our model, Chris, is that we buy, you know, like, like we've got three deals right now we're raising money for. And our model on those is we will buy them, we will reposition them, do some work to, to improve the units and ramp the rents. And then we will refinance in approximately three to five years and get our investors a big chunk of their money back, okay? Maybe not all of it, but a big chunk. Then the ultimate goal is to give our investors the rest of their money back within 10 years. And then they, they maintain their equity position and we're all in it long-term. That is our model, pretty simple. And, and so, you know, so a lot of, a lot of uh, syndicators, operators, that you call them syndicators, operators, GPs, KPs, all the same thing. But, but they, they will buy and sell. And I will tell you that, that unless an area is declining or an asset is, is really becoming beat up and worn down, why sell? I mean, what can you buy that someone else pays off, right? I mean, nothing. So, so that's, that's my mindset and that's our model and, you know, and we love it. And, you know, and, and again, I like to model huge success and, and I, I have to quote Albert Barras in that regard. Uh, and, you know, that he's a buyer, not a seller. Now, if an area is declining, that's another story, you know, or, or you know, if you've got partners that, that don't work out and, you know, I've, I, we've got some people in the mastermind, you know, Adam and I are in the, my multifamily boardroom masterminds, about 4 billion in assets in there. And there are a couple people in there, big hitters that are dissolving partnerships and selling right now because of a bad marriage in the partnership. Okay. And by the way, any partnership is a marriage. Don't, don't, kid yourself if you don't think so. So if you're going to get into, you know, if you're going to get into a partnership with someone, realize that. And, and there were a couple of them in there, big players that, that are selling their assets because they're dissolving their partnerships. And so, um, but, but again, um, 
I like to buy and hold. Yes. So Chris, good question, my friend. Um, now, uh, let me get, try to get back to what I was talking about. So, so single versus multi, logistically easier, easier to manage for sure, because all your tenants are in one spot. Okay. So definitely much easier. Um, and, uh, and again, you can, and, and with single family, uh, you can't ramp the value like you can with, with commercial multifamily, like I just described. I mean, you know, you get um, 100 units and you raise the rent 15 bucks and, and you've like done a quarter million dollars in, in, in value increase instantly. I mean, it's just, it's just exponential what you can do with multifamily. Well, you know, and I will say this, it's not just multifamily. There are other asset classes that you can do that with as well. Uh, retail, office, things like that. But multifamily, I think, is one of the safest uh, uh, asset classes out there. The rents are still, fan I mean, sorry, the, um, the rents are still going up. The interest rates are still very, very good. I mean, right now you can, you can be in the five range. And I remember doing backflips when interest rates went to 7%. So, you know, uh, again, um, just an incredible time to get into this space. One of the things that you mentioned is that multifamily, you feel like it's one of the safest asset classes. And yes. actually, there is a lot of data on that. And we've mm -hmm. been spending a lot of time looking out and not looking for bias data that right. would help us to do whatever. But we've been wanting to know exactly what asset class should we be doing. And when you look at single family versus um, self-storage units versus the stock market, Multifamily is the top asset class with the sharp ratio. That means risk adjusted returns. It gives you the most money with the least amount of risk. Yep. And so I completely agree. And that's why my, my team, there's a lot of people making a lot of money in assisted living. There's a lot of people making a lot of money in fix and flips. And maybe sometimes the stock market, maybe not today, but sometimes they make money in the stock market. So our team was like, what should we do? We could do some fix and flips, but when we looked at it and really spent the time unbiasedly, this, the reason we made the jump into multifamilies because the sharp ratio, risk-adjusted returns, we're about six times safer and provide more uh, returns than the S&P 500, for example. So it's, it, is, it is pretty incredible. So I, no, I it's, it's a no-brainer. It's really, yeah. it's a no-brainer, bottom line. And, and so- you know, uh, I mean, I can sing it from the from the mountaintops because it's just such an incredible opportunity right now. And and we may get the question that you know you know it's such a hot market right now. What about you know uh, an upcoming contraction? And yes, those of you watching or listening, we are definitely at the top of a market cycle. Now, what? Let me let me tell you what that means. First of all. It's a great time to learn this business. So the fact that you're watching or listening to, to Adam right now and learning this business, there is no better time to learn this business. Why? Because with crisis comes opportunity. And when this market contracts, there will be incredible opportunities. If you're trained, if you're competent, if you're confident in your knowledge of this business, if you've developed relationships in this business so you can go out there and kick absolute butt when it happens. So, so that's, that's one good reason to be you know, interested in this now. Educate yourself now. In fact, come see me in Denver if you can. Uh, I mean, the tickets are ridiculously reasonable. So th that's a no-brainer. It's just me teaching you for three days. There's no out. I don't bring in outside speakers like a lot of people do to you know, to sell stuff. It's just me. But if you, if not me, if not me, continue this education. That's the point. By the way, I'll, let me mention my free book. I've got a free 200 page book. It's like a textbook for this business. 
if they if your listeners text the word rod to 41411 we'll send you a free copy on me it's going on amazon for 25 bucks in april so you can still get it for free rod to 41411 but the point is you're in the right place at the right time so that's one thing now the second thing is there are still deals out there we've got three deals under contract now do you have to kiss a lot of frogs yes we have to kiss a lot of frogs to find those deals and and so you know it's it's it just is what it is but um uh they're they're out there as long as the numbers pencil out now i will say this if you're th if you're a passive investor just be kind of careful and make sure you've got at least a working knowledge of this business come to my event continue to you know listen and watch adam because you need to educate yourself you're going to give your money to anybody because there are there are some operators out there that you know you can make the numbers look any way you like and you know we've 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 seen operators that aren't stress testing deals so what do i mean by that so let's say the property's 25 or 35% vacant can you still pay the bills that's stress testing a deal and we do that every time um you know what happens if we go hugely vacant or the rents decrease or whatever um you know in the in the event of a contraction now in 2008 rents nationwide only went retracted about 15% but you know that's can be significant if you're in a tight deal so the point in that is that if you're thinking about passively investing, be sure you educate yourself, okay? Don't just give your money blindly to someone. I agree. Anyway, I went off down a side road there. No, uh, you know what? Here's, here's where we, I think what we need to talk, one of the things about like single family versus multifamily is that in a lot of people who are doing single family, they wear the hat by themselves. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So I really, yeah. I'd like to talk about what are the different partnership spaces that you could play in yeah. to be included in one of these uh, larger multifamilies yep. and kind of get into it sooner. Good. Yeah. Let's talk about it because it really is a team sport in the commercial multifamily space. I'm really glad you brought it up. That is a huge distinction. So in residential real estate, like even if you go buy a Plex, they're going to look at you personally to buy that property. In commercial multifamily, five units are up, they're going to look at the team, okay? And so, when you go get financing for a commercial multifamily, they're going to look at three things. They're going to look at experience, they're going to look at your net worth, and they're going to look at your liquidity, post-closing liquidity. So, experience, with Fannie Mae, someone has got to have been a GP or a KP, general partner or key principal in a Fannie Mae deal, sign on Fannie Mae debt. Now, if you, if you go Freddie Mac, you can use a third-party property manager uh, with a Freddie Mac loan uh, if, you, if, they, you know, if they pass muster with Freddie Mac. Now, as far as net worth, you've got to have a net worth equal to the loan amount. But again, it's not you personally. It's the team. Um, you've also got to have post-closing liquidity. I mean, after you close, you have 10% of the loan amount in a bank account liquid, okay? But again, it's not you. It's the team. So what do big operators like, like me and Adam and, and, and other syndicators do? They put a team together to satisfy all these requirements, the experience, the net worth, the liquidity. And sometimes, you know, and they're called, you, you find what's called sponsors as well. You can find a sponsor that will sign on the debt uh, lend their balance sheet and their income statement to the deal, or really balance sheet rather, lend their balance sheet to the deal so that you can qualify for the loan. And see, in a commercial multifamily space, the bank is more interested in the property's ability to service the debt than the borrower's ability. You know, that's really where they spend a lot of their energy is, is how does that property perform? How has it performed historically? 
So I'm really glad you brought that up because it really is a team sport. So if you want to be an operator, that's how you do it. Now, can you start by investing passively? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, like I say, we're raising, I don't know, about $14 million for three deals right now with accredited investors. And, and, and that's a great way to get started in this business because you're, you're seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff. In my case, we train our investors. We do webinars and teach them what we're doing behind the scenes stuff that I, so many little nuances that I can't teach from stage, like at my live events, but you know, all the back behind the scenes stuff. So we do that. I'm sure you do as well, Adam. I mean, it's, it's kind of a no brainer. To yeah, you got to. Investors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They educated investors are good, good right. investors and they stay right. loyal and they keep doing it and they want to, they want to be uh, able to put their money somewhere where they can really trust that it's right. going to be there. And I wanted right. to just mention, cause you just kind of talked a little bit about your live event and, and right. I know we were on the topic of the, of partnerships. So I thought I would at least mention just, I've, I've been to multiple of your live events. You know, I've, I've, I've followed you around. I, I love you. I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you, bro. And That's I, kind I of always want to be at your events and like what you do, who you pull together is amazing. I've, personally found several passive investors, people that just came up and said, I want to put my money with you. I trust you. And I've, there's also been people that, that, and I wouldn't have known this, and this is excellent for anybody watching or listening to the podcast right now. If you go to these events, this is what you're going to happen. And this happened to me. So I'm, I'm just speaking from experience. Somebody came up. I didn't, I didn't have a multi, multi-million dollar net worth myself, but we had a deal that I needed to have somebody and I never knew how to reach out to somebody and say, how many millions are you worth? Because I need somebody who's rich. I never knew how to bring that up, right? But somebody there saw that I was taking action and if you, when you come to Rod's event and they can see that you're taking action, the same thing's going to happen. Now, here's the thing. Somebody came up to me and he said, Adam, we need to talk. Then they pulled me aside and said, here's the thing. I don't want to do any of the hard stuff, but my net worth is over 20 million. My liquidity is over 5 million. All I want to do is just sign on your loans. Can we make this happen? And I was like, dude, I just found that person. So if you go, when you go to one of Rod's events, and we do have him coming right here in Denver, when you go to one of Rod's events, you come knowing exactly what you're looking for and you're going to find it. You're going to find passive investors. You're going to find that person who just wants to key principal or sign on the loan for the net worth, the liquidity, the experience part. And you're going to find people that know where you're looking and they're going to say, hey, you're looking in Oklahoma City, for instance. That's where we're looking. And as soon as I started sharing that at your event, people started coming up to me and said, Adam, I'm going to look for a deal for you in the area that you're looking for. So I'm going to look in OKC. So it's like when you have all of these different people in one room, when it's like 400 different people and some of them are very wealthy and some of them have, are very wealth, wealthy in money and some are very wealthy in the amount of time that they can put into the day, uh, you find miracles happening where it's wonderful because this man who had 20, 20 million net worth and need, he needs somebody like me. He needs somebody like you, the listener, mm -hmm. to, who's operating these deals because that's not what they're looking for anymore. They're, they have built a certain amount of wealth and all they want is for you to run the game 
and they all they have to do is just sign on the loan and they get a little piece of the pie. So partnering is super, super important and the place where you're gonna go to find partners, just like I found many partners in Chicago when I went to that one, in Tampa when I went to that one, and I know I'm gonna meet more here in Denver when I go to that one. Yeah, no question. And Denver, by the way, is going to be a big one. It could be upwards of 800 people. I, I, it's, going to be a, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. So it's going to be a packed house. But uh, I mean, ticket sales are crazy right now. So I know it's going to, it's going to sell out. But, but thank you. And, and that's the other thing is, is one of the things I do at my events, which makes some people uncomfortable, is I force networking. I make you get up and meet people because this business is a team sport and you're going to be a success based on the relationships that you build. Your network is your net worth. And it's, and it's just the truth. Like Adam just described, all the different incredible examples of the value of, of these boot camps that I put on. And, and I will tell you, most of my coaching students come back to every event for that very reason. You know, it's not to see my ugly mug up on stage. It's to, it's to, it's to meet people and network and build their net worth uh, and their network and their net worth because that's truly what happens. I tell you, the, and I tell people, the value of the event, the, the, the education, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's probably as valuable the people that you meet at the event. Uh, it, it's really, they go hand in hand. And, and so I've, it's, it's become this ecosystem, which is really kind of cool. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of this organic ecosystem that's come out of it. And like Adam said, I have, I have hitters up on stage. I've had Adam up on stage with me and, and, because, and he's in my mastermind. But, you know, I think at the last event, we had a couple billion dollars in assets represented on stage on Saturday night for our panels. And so you can ask these guys questions, which is just cool. I mean, we ran until 10 o'clock at night. I was about to say it went past 10. It was yeah, like, it was, it was, like, it was, here's, a, was here's, about eight o'clock, here's an eight o'clock panel. Like, it's like, hey, we're going to do one last panel. I'm expecting it to last 15 right. minutes. And Man, there were so many amazing questions from the audience mm -hmm. that I think that the audience really gets a lot out of the panels. When oh, I run yeah, my yeah. events, I, I like having the panels, but I was just blown away. I, I, I was on stage and I, and I looked at my clock and it was like 10, 15 or something when we were <laughs> hopping off and I was like, wow. I mean, people yeah. are really interested in this business. And that being said, this is the time uh, to get out of single family and to focus on this asset class with the sharp ratio like we were talking about. Um, Let I me just, add one thing. Let me yeah, add one please, thing please. before I forget. Okay, guys, if you're in single family, if you're flipping, for example, or you're wholesaling, great ways to make quick cash. I mean, I could tell you, I'll teach you how to wholesale multifamily in my event as well, but, but great way to make quick cash. Um, that said, or let's say you're a real estate broker or an agent, great ways to make money. and they're all jobs. You buy multifamily. So, every, so, so in, in those situations, every January 1st, you go back to work. You buy multifamily and you get enough of it, at some point you don't have to work anymore. You're just cashing checks, okay? So, you know, that's the advantage of, of multifamily. I know that's commonsensical, but it's really building an annuity. It's building cash flow. That's why my podcast is called Lifetime Cash Flow because it's really what it is that you're doing. And that's why it's so freaking exciting. Trina just, Trina just popped in and uh, I want to bring out some of the things that she mentioned. Uh, I met her at your events. Yeah, she's uh, one, she, of my, she's one of my favorite on the podcast. students. She's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, she, so talking about how, who comes to speak uh, at your event, she loves them. And then she said, VIP is absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to piggyback on that because 
anyone listening, here's a lesson for you right now. Always, always, it doesn't matter whose event it is and how much they're making off the event. Like if you're going to what some, what's that one that had like 20,000 people? Grand Cardone? 10, 10X, yeah. 10X, yeah. So it doesn't matter what the event is or how expensive those tickets are. I just started going VIP uh, last year. And here's what happens when you just buy the general. Like you're kind of there, like you're, you're there. But as soon as you get the VIP, it's like sometimes, let's just say general admission costs 300. Let's just say general admission costs 300. And I think this is a valuable lesson for anybody for any event. Okay, let's just say VIP is double that. If you go and you pay 300, you probably get three or 400 of value. And then, but if you pay VIP and, and pay 600, like literally every time I've done that, I feel like I get 10 times value every single time. It's just mind boggling. You mentioned how you facilitate like the networking. So I remember at the, um, at, in Chicago, I was up front, you know, I was in the VIP section and you said, everybody stand up and shake hands with the person next to you and, and talk for five minutes, I think it was. And man, though the people that I was next to and got to experience and, and meet just blew me away. And then it comes like a lot of times VIPs have like dinners. I know at yours, like you have like a set dinner, of lunch, cocktails, all of that. Yeah. And when you're with other people who are investing in their education, you get so much value. It's not even, I mean, I will never buy another general. Let, let me add something. Let me add something. Guys, those of you listening, you all have heard this before. You are the five people you hang around with. You are them in, in their level of happiness, typically their health, their relationships, and absolutely financially, okay? So you want to play up, okay? And, and, and piggybacking on what Adam said. Now, listen, if you can't swing the VIP, come. You'll get value regardless. I promise you, you will love it. Promise you. Now, that said, if you can swing VIP, for God's sakes, do it because it, 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 it is the peer group. It's, it's the people you connect with and hang around with that are going to pull you up. They're going to hold you accountable. They, get, they hold you to another high, a higher standard. And, and it truly, it, you know, you look, you look at, at anyone that's successful and they've surrounded themselves with people that are more successful than they are, which is why I created the, my, my multifamily boardroom mastermind. You know, I, I, you, I, you want to be around people that are making things happen. And, and I took that. So I took that same conversation to another level because I wanted to be around these people. And so I did the first one at my house. There were 16 people here, in my compound here in Florida and, and about a billion dollars in assets. And I was just blown away by the, the caliber of the conversations, people that thought was, you know, what, what you might think is hard is easy, okay? And because they've done it so many times. And so, you know, that's why I decided to formalize it. Now we're at like 4 billion in assets. But, but again, the point in all that is, is that who you hang around with is who you become. So I just wanted to hammer, and thank you, Trina, for your kind words. I can't read what you said, but I'm sure it was beautiful because you're... Braden, uh, yes, it's in Denver. The one that we're talking about specifically will be in Denver. So just Braden, yeah, Burton. Yes. Yeah, it's Rod, it's Rod and, oh no, you've got a link. You'll put a link on Oh there. yeah, Thank oh you. yeah. So it, the link that I have, because I actually have a discount code. Oh, okay. So the link that I have is rodsbootcamp.com. Okay. It's just okay. that easy. You just go to rodsbootcamp.com and if you put in Adam Adams, uh, I think Perfect. we have a pretty significant discount. Yep. Go yep. and check yep. it out. You'll I, see. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Um, at, at any rate, I was at 
a my first ever Tony Robbins, and I know you followed him like for years. Uh, I, I, I followed him for twenty years. Yeah, I, I went on, to yeah. Tony Robbins and I paid the second, the penult, the second to the highest mm -hmm. uh, ticket price. Mm -hmm. I remember the high one. I, I was like, oh, can't really. Yeah, they call that spitting room. You know, <laughs> real spit on you. That's, that's the diamond, right? So whatever the second one was, I was there. I was, I was, there was like 3,000 people there, and I was on the bottom. And I got to, he was, he was right above me. Like he mm -hmm. was, he walked. Towering, towering I'm, as well. Oh, he's 6'7". He's so seven. tall. I can't believe yeah. it. He's so tall. <laughs> But it, it, that's the day that I decided that I'm always going to go VIP because it was him who told me, uh, and of course, Tony Robbins. But yeah, right. I was hitting here doing a selfie and uh, getting him like the tower in the picture. Right. And, and he said almost directly to me, you always go VIP. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to keep it up. I'm, I, got, I got this picture when, every, uh, when everybody else was in the nosebleeds and I just have kept it up since then. Yeah, just learning well, from him. Let, listen, uh, shout out to Tony. If you can see Tony live, for God's sakes, do it. Give yourself that gift. Like I, like, like I, I will tell you, and I tell my coaching students this. I went to a Tony Robbins event two months ago in West Palm Beach, Date with Destiny, that I've been to fourteen or fifteen times. I could teach that thing and do a really good job teaching it. But I keep, be, but I go because progress and growth equals happiness. So I'm always working on Rod. I want to be the best version of me. So I keep going. My wife said I, I, I was a little different when I came back in a good way, some distinctions. And, and, and that's the thing I want to tell you guys on the, on the mindset side. Make sure that, that, that you recognize that the goals are important. You got to have the goals because they pull you and they push you and they make you, and you got to know why the goals are a must. Must do that. And that's why the, that's one of the first things I do at my live events. I get you in touch with what you want and why you want it. But it's the progress and the growth that, that, that makes you happy long term. So uh, that's why I keep going back. Anyway, see Tony if you can. Trust me on that one. You, you yeah. agree, Adam? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He, okay. he, it's so, I, I mean, just I was watching Tony videos last night. Nice. And, uh, nice. and you just can't get enough. You just can't right. get enough of him, like solving people's marriages and all this. Like, oh yeah. That's why I go. I mean, to see him just take amazing. somebody that's suicidal and turn them around or, oh, or my gosh. fix a marriage that's broken. It's just beautiful to see. Rod, I got so much value today. Just kind of talking <laughs> a little bit about all the events that happen and really like the difference between single family and multifamily. I really appreciate you coming on. It's, Thank you, brother. It was a real treat. Yeah, it was a real treat. And guys, uh, you've got a you've got a rock star here that you're listening to, and and you know it's funny, you meet people in life and and you gauge their level of integrity, and there are just a handful of people that I can say are, have incredible integrity, and Adam is one of them, brother. So I just put that out there publicly for you, you, my friend. I mean that. So thank you, thank you my so pleasure. much. Yeah. I'll I'll see you in uh, at the mastermind, and, yes, and I'll sir. see you here in Denver for the the events that are coming up. Can't wait, brother. See you All soon. Right. Thanks, right. man. Take care. Until next time, think outside the box. Or pretend there is no box. There you go. There's <laughs> no box at all. Love it. If you've been considering getting started in a multifamily, I'm in a mastermind with my friend Rod Cleef, and he's coming here to Denver on May 17th, 18th, and 19th. These boot camps are great because Rod covers everything about multifamily in three full days. It's also great for experienced multifamily investors because the panel discussions Rod does has top level investors from our mastermind group. You can go to rodsbootcamp.com and use promo code Adam Adams to get 25% off.